Hey Grixway family, it's Sunday and we're so excited to have you here. We know that you're going to learn so much from this wonderful, wonderful message. Do us a huge favor and share this with friends and family. That's the beauty of technology. You can share it around the world. We know that you like to stay connected. For that reason, you can still hold your own connect at home with family. Head to Facebook for more details. But before we get into the message, let's hear some worship. Wangi lwe, wangi fe, 
church and welcome to this live service. I am so excited that you could join us on this special Sunday. If you're tuning in, do me a favor and jump onto the comments section and put a fire emoji, put a high five, put a thumbs up and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to connect with you. We would love to know where you're watching this live service from. Centurion, Johannesburg, Canada, wherever you may be, let us know because we're so excited for you to be with us. Listen, my name is Seth Mully. I'm excited to be sharing a message with you on this Sunday, and we're going to go straight into the Word. So do me a favor, get your laptop, get your iPad, get your phone. If you're old school, go get your Bible, and let's get into the Word of God. I'm going to be reading from uh, Luke 24, verse 1 to 12. That's where we're going to begin reading the Scriptures. Luke 24, verse 1 to 12, it says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared, and they went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why did you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. That the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanne, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But, but they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself, I love this part, wondering to himself what had happened. What had happened? I want to preach from the subject line, what had happened was... What had happened was, would you jump onto the comments section and type the title of my sermon, what had happened was. Listen, have you ever been in a situation where you needed to explain how you got into that situation or you needed to explain yourself out of a situation? Have you ever been in a situation where your parents told you not to go to the party, maybe when you were younger, not to go to the party, but you end up going to the party, right? You sneak out of your house, you go to the party, and three days later, your friends put these pictures on Facebook, and because your mom is on Facebook, she sees that on the night you said you were sleeping over at your friend's house, and you were 
weren't supposed to go to the party. You were at this party, and what you have to explain to her is, Mom, what had happened was, I just went to see my friend. Have you ever been in a situation uh, where you needed to explain yourself? Maybe you went to work, and you were supposed to submit a report, and your boss asked you, where is that report, uh, that report that I asked you for? And, and you forgot, and, and what you go to, you tell the boss, what had happened was, boss, is that my dog ate my laptop, and the laptop couldn't work, and I couldn't finish that report. I believe we've all been in situations where we needed to explain ourselves out of them. And this cultural term, what had happened was, it's a cultural term that is used uh, amongst the younger people to explain how they got into a situation or try to shift the blame outside of themselves. You see, I believe in 2050, Right? When our kids' kids look at the history of 2020 and they get to the place in April whereby we were locked down in our houses, we're going to have to explain. And they'll begin to ask us, Mom, Dad, why were you guys, Grandpa, Grandma, why were you guys locked in your houses for three months or for a month? And what we will say is what had happened was, <laughs> you see, in Luke 24, verse 1 to 12, Mary and a couple of other women get to the tomb of Jesus. Jesus had died and he had been placed in the tomb and the tomb was empty. So Mary decides to put on a Facebook live stream of the, of the experience to tell the world that the tomb was empty. Listen, this is the Seth International Version. Please don't judge me. Jesus loves me, okay? I'm just trying to bring context to the scripture to our current time. So she puts a Facebook live stream Tells the whole world, listen, Jesus is alive. The disciples jump onto the live stream on Facebook or on Instagram, and they say, this is nonsense, hashtag fake news. <laughs> and then Peter decides, no, listen, I need to roll up. I need to show up. So he goes to the tomb, gets to the tomb. The tomb is empty. He takes a picture of the linen, puts it in the WhatsApp group for the 12 disciples. And at this moment in time, Judas decides this is the best time to get out of the group. So he leaves the WhatsApp group because he had betrayed Jesus. And he tells them, listen, Jesus is alive. But I love what Peter says. Peter says he is left wondering what has He's left wondering what has happened. You must understand where Peter is at this stage in his life. A couple of hours ago, he has denied Jesus three times. He's denied that he, is, he knows him and Jesus had told him that he would do this. And he is left probably feeling disappointed. Probably feeling like a failure, like he failed Jesus, like he failed his faith. And he gets to the tomb with all of these feelings, and I can imagine what he's feeling as he sees the empty tomb. He probably begins to go from wondering to worrying. He probably begins to go from having these unanswered questions. He probably begins to doubt his own faith. He's left wondering, what has happened? I feel as a world today, we are all pondering that question. What has happened in light of Corona? In light of what the country has done in terms of locking us down and globally, we're all left with this question, what has happened? And many of us maybe have lost our jobs. Many have been affected uh, in their business. Many, we've all been affected in the normal way of going to life. And we're all left with this question, what has happened? And that wondering has probably turned into worry. That worry has turned into unanswered questions. It's, it's turned into anxiety because we're, we're trying to think of what is the future going to look like? And Jesus appears to his disciples 
And the first thing that he says in Luke 24, verse 36, the first thing he says after he resurrects, he says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. And I wonder why he said, peace be with you. He could have said anything else. He could have said, I'm back. I conquered hell. I conquered death. Look who it is. It's me, Jesus. But instead he says, peace be with you. And I think the reason why he said peace be with you is because he understood that his disciples were probably anxious. He understood that his disciples were probably uh, feeling doubtful. He understood that his disciples probably had questions and what they needed to hear is that peace be with you. And I feel that God is telling us all today in light of what's happening in the world, in light of businesses being shut down, in light of you losing your job, in light of you not understanding what the future will look like, peace be with you. Can I tell you this, that peace is a person and his name is Jesus. Peace is a person and his name is Jesus and he is near with those that need peace. Peace is a person and his name is Jesus. And I don't know who this is for, but I want to encourage you. Peace is with you and his name is Jesus. As Jesus hangs out with the disciples. Once he says, peace be with you, he begins to ask them, why are your hearts troubled? Why are you afraid? It is I. Feel my hands. Feel my feet. It is me in the flesh. And then he begins to give them the reasons of his resurrection. The first thing that he says, he says that everything that was written about him in the book of the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms, everything must be fulfilled, meaning that his death and his resurrection was to fulfill all the prophecies that were foretold about him in the Bible. And what this does is that it validates that the Bible is true and is trustworthy. The first thing that the resurrection shows us is that the Bible is true and it is trustworthy. The second thing that the resurrection shows us is that Jesus is victorious over sin and death. Jesus is victorious over sin and death. When Jesus died on the cross, he was victorious over sin. He canceled our record of, of the debt that we owed, that, that, was, that stood against us. He took the place of which we should have taken. Jesus died in the place of us. We were to, we were to die on the cross, but God... Because he loved the world, he sent, he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And you must understand that it was victory because he did something that would not let sin be held over his people anymore. But you must understand in order to triumph over sin, he not only needed to take the sins upon himself, he also needed to die and rise from the dead to show that sin had no say. To show that sin had been completely dealt with. His resurrection therefore means that those who trust Jesus, that, that sin has no longer, that sin no longer has a say on us. Sin does not have the final say. Jesus does, and he won. The third thing that the resurrection shows us, it displays to us who Jesus truly is, the Son of God. It shows us who Jesus truly is, and that is the Son of God. In his, res in his resurrection, Jesus made it clear who he was and who he is. He was God in flesh. He was God in God himself. 
And you see, he taught his disciples in John 10 verse 17, he said the following, I lay down my life that I might take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down for my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I've received from my father. Listen, it's one thing to have authority over your death. It's another thing to have authority over your life. Jesus had this insane amount of authority to dictate that he should die and that he would rise again. This shows us that he is God himself, that he has authority over life and he has authority over death. Therefore, the resurrection, my friend, shows us, it displays to us who Jesus is, God himself, the Son of God. The fourth thing that the resurrection shows us, it tells us of what is to come. It tells us of what is to come. You see, Jesus' resurrection uh, was the beginning of the renewed and restored creation. The Bible says that his resurrection was the beginning of the renewed and restored creation. Following in Jesus' steps, every single person in the future will be raised in their bodily form from the dead, right, will all be raised. And some, those that love Jesus, those that believed in him, those that have accepted him as their Lord and Savior, those that have applied the principles that he taught in the Bibles, will be raised and we will be raised to everlasting life, which is heaven. But those that did not believe, those that did not uh, follow the way of Jesus, those that rejected him, will go to everlasting punishment, which is hell. And the question I have for you today, my friend, is where will you be spending eternity? Where will you be spending eternity? Jesus' resurrection shows us of what is to come. The last thing, and for me the most important thing, is that Jesus is alive. The resurrection shows us that Jesus is alive. My friend, it's important to note that Jesus fulfilled the prophecy which validates the accuracy of the Bible. It's important to note that Jesus was victorious over sin and death. It's important to note that Jesus has all authority uh, of life and death and all authority under heaven and earth. It's important to know that when Jesus comes back, we'll be resurrected. The most important thing you must know is that the tomb is empty. Jesus is alive. At this very moment, the God-man, Jesus of Nazareth, the same person who was born in Bethlehem, who died on the Roman cross outside of Jerusalem, he is alive in his resurrected body. He is the only Savior. He is the only King. He is Christ, God over all. And this is important to note because of this. Trusting in Jesus, believing in Him, walking in His ways, and banking your life on Him is not some religious sentiment. And the world may want to convince you otherwise. The, the world may want to say that Christianity is hogwash and it's not true. But the very fact that the tomb is empty and that Jesus is alive validates the authenticity and the reality of, of the message that we believe. Jesus is alive. He is loving. He's a loving Father. He's good. He forgave us of our sins through His punishment. And He's coming back to take us home. I want to say this, that heaven is waiting. Heaven was waiting. Jesus said that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I, if I go, I'll come again and receive you unto myself. All 
that we would ever want is proven by Jesus' resurrection. The resurrection proves that we don't believe in some good teacher who claimed to be God and then just died along the way. Instead, we trust in the real Jesus of Nazareth, the God-man who is alive right now, like you and I are. He is alive and he will live ever. This is important to know because in other religions, their prophets, their teachers, they're still in the tomb. But our King of Kings, our Lord of Lords, is no longer in the tomb. He is risen and he is alive. And what is our response to this resurrection? What is our response to this great gift that Jesus has given for us? Our response is repentance. Our response is to repent. And repentance, all repentance is, is turning away from sin. And what sin is, is anything that pulls you away from God. It could be lying, cheating, stealing, committing adultery. Anything that pulls you away from God is a sin. And repentance is turning away from the sin and turning towards God. And the thing about repentance is that repentance is so important in the Christian faith. Because if you truly believe Jesus as the risen Savior, you cannot remain the same. You will turn away from your sins and you will turn towards God. And remember, sin is just anything that keeps you, pulls you away from God. Lying, cheating, committing adultery, stealing. And one such individual who turned away from his sins was Paul. Listen, Paul was known as a notorious killer. He was known as the persecutor of Christians. His job, his mandate was just to kill Christians. He was the Pablo Escobar of his generation. If you think Pablo Escobar, he was that on steroids. He would just go out and kill people. But then one day he had a, an encounter with God and he changed his life. He repented of killing Christians and turned his life towards serving God. And he, he went on to becoming one of the most important Christians the world has ever seen. And he went on to write 13 books of the Bible. My friend, I'm trying to tell you that there is no sin that God cannot pardon. God forgave a murderer and he made him a history maker. God forgave a murderer and he turned him into one of the most prolific writers of the Bible the world has ever seen. What am I telling you is that God can use you in an amazing way. God can take your mess and he can turn it into a message. And as I close, I think a lot of us, and I clue myself in this, miss driving because of the lockdown. I miss driving and one of the first things that we always do when we drive is that we put on our seatbelts. We fasten our seatbelts as the American says. And the reason we do that is that we believe that anyone who puts on their seatbelt believes that seatbelts saves lives. That you're wearing a seatbelt in the event of an accident will save your life. But only those who believe in seatbelts, only those who actually put on their seatbelts, actually believe that seatbelts save lives. And it's important to note that uh, a seatbelt is important if you're in an accident and you go into an accident, if you crash, that the seatbelt will save your life. But only people who actually believe wear their seatbelts are people who believe that seatbelts work. 
right? Now imagine if you would, uh, that you went to your friend's funeral and your friend's name was Vincent. Sorry if there are any Vincents out there in the world. But you went to Vincent's funeral and at Vincent's funeral, they began saying the following. They said, listen, Vincent believed in seatbelts. Vincent had books about seatbelts. Vincent had his Facebook status as the person who loved seatbelts. Vincent had his tattoo tattooed on his arm, a uh, uh, seatbelt lover. Vincent had the seatbelt gold chain, but on the day when Vincent was in an accident, he wasn't wearing his seatbelts. And my friend, can I tell you this? Your belief is worthless if you don't personally apply it. Your belief is worthless if you don't personally apply it. Listen, you can believe in Jesus, you can believe in him as a miracle worker, as a way maker, but if you don't apply the word of God into your life, it is worthless on the day of judgment. It is worthless. Just believe in Jesus, but not repent of your sin and, and, and turn towards God. And my question to you today is, do you know the risen Jesus Christ? Have you accepted him as your Lord and Savior? Have you, has he taken lordship over your life? Is he the most important person in your life? Are you repenting? Are you turning away from your sins? Are you turning toward God? Are you returning to the things that pull you away from God? Let me tell you this. It's not enough to be curious about him as a miracle worker. It's not, about, it's not enough to be curious about him as a teacher or as a prophet need to have a personal relationship with him because he is the only savior he's the only one who can give you life he's the only one who can cause you to deliver cause you to be delivered from hell and be granted eternal life in heaven and maybe today is the day that you settle where you will be spending eternity Will you be spending eternity in heaven or will you be spending eternity in hell? And the only way to heaven, as John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that, uh, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal love, life. The only way to eternal life found in heaven is only through Jesus. And maybe today, maybe today on this resurrection Sunday is the day that you make a decision as to where you will be spending eternity. And I want to invite you to pray this very simple prayer. Where you, wherever you may find yourself, in your lounge, in your office, in your car, in your kitchen, say this simple prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my life and I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, let me just tell you that you have made the most important decision of your life. I am so excited that you did that. The Bible says that angels in heaven are celebrating because you've entered into the kingdom of light. And if you made that decision, would you do us a favor and raise your emoji hands up and write in the comment section, I have decided. And what we want to do is connect with you. We want, to, or we want to walk with you on this journey of following Jesus. The most important thing you need to know is that you cannot go at this journey on your own. So the, the reason I'm asking you to put your hand up and say I've decided is because we want to get you a community that will help you in your walk, walk with God. 
Because it's important that you do this journey with other believers, other people that will help you in your growth, other, believe, other people that will help you know more about God. So just put your hand up in the comment section and say, I have decided and our team will connect with you. Thank you for being part of this live service. We're so excited for your journey. And remember, Jesus loves you. He is alive. And you are where God wants you to be right now. Take care and God bless. We know you received something from that wonderful message and pray that God continues to impact you this week. See you again next Sunday.